What is going on, y'all? Welcome back to the City Boy Rock Podcast. This is episode 122. This week, uh, it's a little delayed podcast, but we are live in Austin and we talk about the Ravens versus the Bucks. Um, get into some of week seven of the NFL and then we close it with a lot of NBA talk. It's a action-packed podcast with two guests, Kyle and Pranav. Um, had a lot of fun doing this live and we hope we have more opportunities to do it again. Um, thank you guys for listening. Here we go. What is going on, Shrey? How are you doing? We are reporting live from Austin, Texas. Bro, first live podcast ever in City Boy Rock history with both of us in the flesh. I'm doing good, bro. Yes, sir. Um, we got a lot to talk about this past week. Um, not really, actually. The commies are on a two-game winning streak. I think that's more of a Tom Brady issue or Aaron Rodgers issue. But last night, actually, we got to talk about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Baltimore Ravens um, in primetime Thursday night football. And I got to say, first out the gate, breaking news, actually, Tom Brady and Giselle finalized their divorce. And uh, I got to say, from the past two games I've watched, the Carolina Panthers game and the Baltimore Ravens game, Tom Brady has looked like a complete shell of himself. The Max Kellerman prediction, I want to say eight, nine years ago, it's finally coming true, I'm thinking. I think, I think he, Brady's literally falling off a cliff as we speak. Um, some of the worst, I feel like his IQ is there. His arm talent is... His arm is shot, though. Like, I'm looking at this man. He's old. He can't throw the ball down the field. Um, the timing is still there. Everything's there. But the ball is just not coming out with the zip that it needs to sometimes. Um, they also lost Shaq Barrett for the season with an Achilles tear. So uh, I think this Buccaneers season may be under wraps. I mean, I think they're still going to win this division. But by no means are they going to do anything when it comes to the playoffs. Um, the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think this Bucks team is done as we know it. Um, Tom Brady, um, he definitely looks like a shell of himself. The whole team in general looks like a shell of itself. It doesn't look like they're having fun playing football. Um, they lost Shaq Barrett, so that's really going to hurt their defense. That was already struggling. Um, they were known to be one of the best run defenses over the past two years, and that clearly is not the case anymore. Um, I know they were missing a lot of players yesterday, but that was mostly in the secondary. And um, the Ravens had 200 yards rushing in the second half. Uh, they could not stop anything um, in the run game. And if this defense can't play up to standard, um, I don't think this offense can save them either at this point. The first two drives looked good, but after that, um, it was a lot of nothing. Um, the scripted plays worked, but after that, I mean, he had a few deep shots that were saved by penalties. Um, but this clearly doesn't look like an offense that's going to be able to win you multiple games um, if your defense is struggling. So, yeah, I, d I don't have them making the playoffs, honestly. Um, I think the Falcons are going to come out of that division, um, and it's going to be a rough one. I know Tom Brady's got a lot going on right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Ravens played a great game. Um, Lamar struggled in the first half, but after that, um, it was smooth sailing. They got to the run game. They were doing a lot of shotgun just empty sets in the first half but they really changed the philosophy and um stuck to their roots running the ball and Lamar made some great plays when he needed to and that got him this win and Isaiah likely stepped up in absence of Mark Andrews hopefully he's back soon because uh that could be a huge loss for them um but it was nice to see the rookie step up
I will say uh, Isaiah Likely was one of the preseason stars, so I do hope that after this game the Ravens, you know, utilize him a lot more, especially with the absence of Mark Andrews. Um, he's shown a lot of flashes, and um, he's, a, you know, a great pass catcher. So, and that's one of the things that Ravens need are good pass catchers because they're not really known for their receivers. So I think Isaiah Likely will fit greatly in that area. But I do think that uh, I'm a little harsh on Greg Roman, but he didn't make a lot of offensive adjustments in, in the second half. And, you know, I, and Lamar, he has to be a little bit more consistent. You know, as a huge Lamar fan, I, de- I defend the guy a lot, but uh, he does need to be a little bit more uh, consistent, especially in these last few weeks, because I remember in the first three weeks, you know, everyone's like, pay Lamar, pay Lamar. But, uh, you know, I think this is the game where he bounced back, and hopefully he continues. I think they, the Ravens play the, the Panthers, is it next week? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two, two, yeah, two weeks. yeah, two weeks. So, you know, hopefully Lamar can continue this. Uh, continue the way he's playing. Um, but, you know, I'm just glad that the Ravens, you know, stuck to what they're good at is running the ball. Uh, but overall, a uh, great win. It was a little bit ugly in the beginning, but uh, they did finish off strong, which, you know, they really needed that. So, you know, I think the Ravens are a great team, but that loss of Mark Andrews really going to hurt them, man. I'm being so serious. Mark Andrews is the whole offense, bro. Let's be honest here. They got lucky against a very hobbled Bucks defense that just wasn't playing very well up to standards. I think they'll get tested and Mark Andrews is out for the next couple of weeks. We'll see how good Lamar Jackson really is. If he can keep finding likely, that'll be great. Um, and I think, uh, what's his name? Ray Roman, I think he just needs to keep running the ball. That's the strength yeah. of his team. I, 32 pass attempts in the first half is kind of insane, bro. Um, I think Lamar is suited for that read option. And no matter, I know how much Kyle hates it, but it works. And it's been working for the past three seasons. They shouldn't give it up. And, Especially uh, when you don't have like receivers that can really get yeah. open, yeah. Like, I mean, but I mean, Greg Roman, he doesn't really do, you know, plays that involve receivers. I mean, he usually run like maybe one or two receivers, like. But if we're more like tight ends, I mean, like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. But I think the Ravens, it's going to be a crash, a collision course for the Ravens Bengals whenever they play it next. Do you know when that is? Is that the last game of the season? I think it is. So that will probably be up for the division, um, if I'm being completely honest. So, yeah, the AFC North is a two-team race. Now we got to move on to Tom Brady's divorce, man. I don't really want to talk about this, but from what we've seen last year and this year, it's a drastically different change. Tom Brady was in the MVP conversation last year up until Aaron Rodgers took over late in the season. But Tom Brady played amazing last year. Um, I got to ask you guys, I know this is a very personal topic. Is this divorce affecting Tom Brady, or is he actually just getting old? Uh, I, think, I think it's definitely weighing on him. Um, there's no way such a public issue or divorce um, can not weigh on you at this point. It definitely seems like he's not playing with the joy. Obviously, they're not winning, but he just looks miserable on the sideline, on the field. Um, really just not the same Tom Brady we saw last year. Like, last year, he, I think he led the league in passing, and now it's just, like, it's going to weigh on you for sure to an extent, but obviously he's 45, so part of that is, uh, affects him too. Um, but, yeah, it's really hard playing through this, and you can see it in the way the team's playing and his leadership. He's just rat- yelling at teammates and stuff. Like, I know he's done that before, um, but there haven't been the good moments this year, and I think the divorce is definitely contributing to that. I think he's almost playing with, like, a chip on his shoulder. I mean, like, a divorce with your wife of, what, 13, 13 years? Yeah. I mean, that's 
That's pretty long. I mean, he basically gave up, you know, his perfect life for football. I mean, yeah. like, he has been playing he – he has to be trying to prove his wife or, you know, Adam Sheff or something. I mean, like – I just don't understand I mean, why. He didn't need to come back this year. Yeah, he, yeah, he had I mean, nothing he, to prove. He had a, he had a great end to his career last year. I mean, it, he, yeah. it, it would have been a perfect – I mean, he, he already got a ring, a ring with the Buffs too. I mean – I, I like, just don't And, like, the way he left last year, like – yeah, they lost, but he played. He, I thought he played great. He did. Yeah, yeah like it was. Cup. Yeah, it came down to a play by Cooper Cup, and you, I can't, you can't really blame him for that. They were down by a lot, and they came back. And um, his last touchdown pass would have been on on Jalen Ramsey's head. Exactly. Right I don't, I don't understand why he yeah. decided to go out. He went 81 that. passes without throwing a touchdown this year. It has to put a sour flavor in Brady's mouth, you know. If he does retire this season, I mean, he's have a negative record, not have good stats. I mean, it has to. You know, means something to him. But he's ending his career off with a yeah. with a bad a bad ending, basically. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If he, could it, end it, if he ended it off with the with a win or against the the Rams last year, I think we would all look like nobody's gonna touch Brady. Like the way he's been playing for this long, like Father Time never beat him. But now it's looking like Father Time really got to him, bro. And I I didn't think I'd ever see it, but mm-hmm. I don't want to say the W word, but uh, I think I think he's starting to get there, bro. I think he's getting the wash stage. Kind of crazy. Brady has never lost this much in his career. Like, yep, three ever. first I mean, three game losing streak yeah, since I mean, two thousand three. That's insane. Or two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty crazy, man. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, we're gonna move on to a young gun out in Cincinnati. Kyle knows a lot about Joe Burrow out there um, playing last week against the Falcons, who were a pretty good team or pretty better than we thought. Very well coached team. Um, Suspect. They were both. Yeah, they were three and three. The Bengals are three and three. I thought it'd be much closer than people expected, but um, thirty-five to seventeen, Joe Burrow played absolutely incredible football. Four hundred uh, plus yards. Four hundred plus yards again. I, I think this is the fifth time in his career he's done it. His third year in the league. Uh, yeah, he's really that guy. I can't even lie. Joe Burrow's top five quarterback. Say it. I would say right now he's probably better than Justin Herbert. Yeah, he had a little bit of a rough start in the beginning, but he's really showed that. Yeah, he I, is. He's up there, man. The loss of Jamar Chase will hurt them. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. He's going to be on IR. Um, we don't know how good he's going to be without Jamar Chase. Well, we've seen it rookie year, but I'll see how good uh, Joe Burrow really is. Now he's down one receiver, but I think T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd can carry that load mm-hmm. very yeah. well. Um, they still have, they got Hayden Hurst. They got Joe Mixon. They're going to be fine. I think the Bengals, like I said earlier, on a cra- crash collision course with uh, the Baltimore Ravens in week 17 when they play. Uh, they got just, they got a lot of weapons, and I think they're starting to click. And maybe we're gonna start seeing that team from last year. Uh, like I, like everybody said, rough start. They lost to Lamar, nineteen to seventeen on Justin Tucker MVP performance type of game. Lost on some crazy yeah. field goal misses in the first game, and Joe Cowboys, Burrow looking yeah. a little rusty. But uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be back and they'll be fine. Um, and then for the Falcons, I think they're on a collision course too for the NFC South championship against the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers will ultimately win up. Went out the NFC NFC South, but it's great to see that Brady actually has some competition. Because um, we thought the Buccaneers were going to run away with this division, but it's great to see the Falcons are actually uh, overachieving. And maybe eight or nine wins will win that division. Um, and I think the Falcons are in good shape, no matter if they lost that game. I don't think anyone would have thought that the Buccaneers would have been this bad. I mean, yeah. they look yeah. horrible. Yeah, they look terrible. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the Bengals have really flipped the script so far. <laughs> This season, uh, yeah, it looked it looked like um, they were heading for a Super Bowl hangover after the first few weeks. But I think they've really uh, figured out this offense. Um, they've been starting to get the the deep passes again. 
Uh, we saw Jamar Chase. Obviously, he's hurt. I think that will affect them a little bit, but not too much because I trust Joe Burrow, um, who is better than Justin Herbert, to fight through the situation because he still has weapons. He still has Hayden Hurst. He's got T. Higgins, who can very well be a one, and then Tyler Boyd, overreliable, um, who's been there for a long time. I think they'll be fine. Their defense is very underrated. I feel like since they don't have that many stars, nobody really talks about their defense. But I don't think they have a lot of second-half touchdowns this whole season. Uh, Trey Hendrickson has been balling um, for the last two years. Um, their secondary is pretty good. Jesse Bates is playing for a contract. So, Yeah, Eli, <laughs> Eli Apple sometimes, I guess. Um, but they got some dudes on that defense that nobody really talks about. But I think they're, I think they're top ten in, like, most metrics. Um, so I think the, they're the story here, I think, honestly. Um, and I think they'll continue to win in spite of not having um, Jamar Chase. Uh, as for the Falcons, like I said already, they're about to win this division. Um, the, the, Buc- the Bucks are cooked, bro. The Bucks are cooked. You said the Falcons are winning the division? Yeah. I'll believe that. I don't, man, I, I know Brady's the car, but I, I still think he's going to have some sort of bounce back. I don't know why, but like. I think when, it, when, they, when Brady needs to step up. I think he will, and then they're gonna pull up the win, and then they're gonna win this division. I don't care if it's eight and nine, nine and eight. But I don't I, think I, they can do it anymore, man. Yeah, man. I, I know, all right. Also, I gotta ask the Raven fans here, because we got two now. We got Pranav in the building. It's, uh, how much of a threat are the Bengals to win the AFC North? How, how confident? How confident are you that the Ravens will pull it off? People, all my friends hate Joe Burrow, but like he's a very <laughs> accurate passer when it comes down to it. But like obviously without Jamar Chase for the next few weeks, I don't know what's gonna go on in the season. You think it's a 50 50 shot? I say it's think week 17 is going to be the, the game deciding. Oh, we think it's week 17? Yeah, yeah. Last, that's the last week 18, game. For week us, 18, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably, but we'll probably see them in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah, I could definitely see both of them coming out. I can see but, a 4 5 matchup in the Yeah, front yeah that would be pretty crazy, bro. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right, moving on now to the NFC. We got to talk about Dak Prescott, first game back against the Detroit Lions. And listen, <laughs> Dak looked. Pedestrian. All right, let's not lie here. Let's not act like Dak had 500 yards and three touchdowns against the worst defense in the NFL. I think he had 170-something yards and a literally a stat-padding touchdown at the end of the game to Hendershot. Um, the story of the game was defense. Cowboys defense balled out. I don't know if it's the Cowboys defense or Jerry Goff, who straight thinks is still good. Um, but, yeah, the Cowboys did what they needed to do. Defense came in, stepped up. Five, I think it was five turnovers. No, yeah, five, five turnovers. Um, two strip sacks on, on Jerry Goff and two interceptions. And then uh, I believe there was a fumble on Jamal Williams at the one-yard line. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Parsons uh, really hustled on that play and uh, saved uh, the uh, touchdown. Neville Gallimore, yeah. He's, I, he's, he's been good, but he actually is in the trading block, so I don't know how the Cowboys are going to keep him on until after the trade deadline. He removed oh, all some stuff from his Twitter. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him. But the defense has been balling out. Uh, the Cowboys just picked up. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders for like a fifth or fourth round, sixth round pick or something like that. Um, so it's good value, uh, especially add some depth to that defensive line who's already balling out. And um, yeah, moving forward though, Cowboys have, I think Dak kind of handpicked this game to come back. He, he chose the Lions because he thought maybe he'd come back and drop 300 yards. That didn't happen. They got the Bears this week who are a little bit better on defense than the, than the Lions, but um, Dak should win this game and head into the bye week. And then the schedule really picks up with the Vikings and the Packers coming up. Um, but overall... Does it really pick up with the Packers? We'll get into that <laughs> later. We'll get into that later. But overall, uh, the Cowboys look good. They're still third place in the NFC East. Who would have expected that? Um, behind 
Brian Dayball led Giants and undefeated Eagles. So it's going to be a rough division coming up. Um, the Cowboys, I think they're in for a wild card spot this year. I didn't think I'd be. Not really. Uh, I think it's going to be a wild card exit. I think all you guys are hyping them up a little bit too much, man. Uh, you guys are hopping on the Cowboys meet. I'm telling you every single year, bro. Wild card round or exit. If they win a, if they win a wild card round, great. They're going to go into the divisional round and, and choke. Um, so I can't. I'm still skeptical on the Cowboys. Last time they got a uh, 2018 against yeah. Seattle. And then they lost to who? Who did they lose to? Aaron Rodgers. No. Oh, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. They lost Jared Goff. It was Jared Goff. It was Jared Goff that led Rams. Oh, man. Listen, sh- no, I just don't understand why y'all are riding Jared Goff's meat. He's really not that good, bro. He's really not that good. He's one in five right now. Because the past two seasons, he's won a com- total of four. The past two games, he's combined for six points on offense, bro. And this guy is supposed to be, this guy's the number one pick. And you guys don't want to call him a bust yet? Go ahead, Trey. Take it away, man. All right, I mean, this was what I expected, honestly. The Dallas Cowboys defense against Jared Goff, whenever he's under pressure, you know you know what the deal is with him. Um, he needs protection to, you know, he needs, he needs good pieces and needs protection around him to play at his, at his best. And um, obviously when things break down, he's not one of the better quarterbacks system, in the league. He's a system quarterback. Sure, sure, he's a system quarterback. If you put him in the right system, he's going to lead you to a Super Bowl, right? He did that. Because, like, even with now, we see, like, Gino. Actually, like, Gino with, uh, like, Pete Carroll. Who would have thought in 2014? Exactly. Gino He's got to be like in the right system, bro. Yeah, or you get paid the rest and not call pass interference on the Indian Warriors. Okay. It makes no sense, bro. But whatever. Okay. Go ahead, continue. But, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys' defense was everywhere, bro. Forcing turnovers. I mean, you were right, Vincent. Dan Quinn really changed this defense. Y'all didn't believe me when I said yeah. that. Yeah, it's pretty Y'all crazy, bro. They, they got He's players everywhere. Guy, they, got, they forced turnovers. That helps your offense out so much. Like, the offense didn't need to do much at all. Um, they, in fact, took away, like, a, an easy touchdown from the Lions, getting a fumble at the one-yard line. Oh, Michael, right yeah, yeah, just amazing defense. Um, forced, they, uh, like, getting takeaways is going to, like, they've kept it, kept it up from last year. Because um, they led the league in takeaways last year. So they're going to be in most games, even if their offense is not playing well. And... Um, yeah, I mean, Dak, he played like Cooper Rush would have played if he was in that I mean, game, that's honestly. That's what I was trying to say. But trying to say it was his first off. game back. It was his first game back. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens we'll against Chicago. I expect 30-plus if Dak is really that guy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Cooper Rush could drop 24 points any, in his sleep, bro. In his sleep. Hand it off to Zeke and Pollard. Well, Zeke's yeah. not going to be here this yeah. week. It's going to be a full Pollard show this week. Uh, Vincent's been waiting for this for many years now. I've been trying it's to tell be you guys. I've the been Tony Pollard show. But I also do think it's, light, it's lightning and thunder, bro. You do need Zeke there. Yeah, to get Tony Pollard, um, those bursts. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he not. Has, I don't think he's yeah. an every down back. He's a little small, and he's. He's definitely a wear and tear. He's supposed to wear down the defense. Yeah, exactly. Tony Pollard, who would just burst for 40, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not as good in pass protection either. Yeah. Zeke is like top. He's one of the best. Top, best, top three, yeah. or probably, or maybe number one in pass protection as a running back. So, um, yeah, Dallas. I mean, they're number three in the division right now. Um, but there's back. a lot of season left. There's a lot of season left. Who knows? Uh, I mean, I think the, the Eagles are probably going to run away with this division, unfortunately. But they could definitely catch up to the Giants. They have two matchups. Oh, they have one matchup left. They already had the tiebreaker. Yeah. So, um, World, yeah, exactly. So that's going to be a good matchup. We'll see how the Giants are playing by, uh, by then. Um, but, yeah, uh, Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, like, this division's really good. And I hate, I hate to see it right now. Kyle, so, uh, you know, as a Ravens fan, a neutral Ravens fan, how good do you think this Cowboys team really is? Dude, I think, I think they're 
I think they're prepped to make the division round. I'm not lying, man. I, I wow. Think they're wow. Gonna, they're they're going to oh, be, wow. be a wild card team. And I win think, a playoff game? Yeah, they're going to win a playoff they're game. They're the second best team in the NFC right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're a good team. I mean... I don't know why you're sleeping on them, man. I mean, I know you're. I've been going. trying to. I don't care. Like, dude, the expectations are Super Bowl every year, bro. So, how, how are we going to say divisional round is, is successful? Okay, okay. I don't think it's Super Bowl. Actually, uh, how can you have Super Bowl expectations if you haven't even seen a conference championship in your lifetime, bro? <laughs> I know the Commanders fan not talking, bro. Damn. It's the craziest thing. I, I don't have any expectations either. Yeah, man. All right, well, speaking of Commanders, moving on to Kami Talk, who took down. I've been saying for the past four years, bro, the washed Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if he has back-to-back MVPs. This dude is washed. He didn't even take the vaccine, bro. He thinks the vaccine is going to affect his play. Nah, he's, you're still booty cheeks, bro. Um, he has no receivers. Can't blame him there. Uh, the receiver help for Rodgers is, is, is pretty pathetic, honestly. Uh, I think we've all seen the team is Devontae or bust. Has been Devontae's team for the past two years. Can you agree with that now, now that you're seeing this? I mean, he's a huge part. Like, obviously, in the playoff game, you saw when they bracketed Devontae, Rodgers was, did not trust his receivers enough. He missed Lazard on a deep pass. Yeah, we're um, seeing how great of a leader Aaron Rodgers is this year, too. What a great leader, bro. What a great leader. Rolling his eyes over there. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we like doing, guys? Packers organization of Bishop so many times, like, ever since, like, 2014. Like, they've been dicks to him. You know that, too. Yeah, I've been, I'll agree with like, that, but I'm also an Aaron Rodgers hater, so I'm going to say oh, right now. No, like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this season right now. The Packers are looking terrible. Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers needs a receiver. Because um, I know Patrick Mahomes is on this team right now for the Packers. They won't be three and four. They won't be three and four. Are you sure about I'm that? Being po- I'm being 100% I mean, yeah, positive. Look at what Can the receivers get open? Dude, okay. Aaron Jones and AJ yeah. Dillon. He there. has missed some deep passes this year. I can't lie. Like Amari Rodgers, that was a tough catch down the sideline that he dropped. Um, if Rodgers threw threw it maybe a yard too long, but yeah, he has not looked good. And I feel like a lot of the stuff he's been saying in the media, I feel like yes, he does take his accountability, but obviously. No, um, he can't be Matt calling LaFleur. out his teammates at the same time. If I'm Matt Lafleur right now, bro. And calling out Matt Lafleur. In, in order to fix this this team, you run the ball. Yeah. Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon doing. are like that. That one two punch could be the best in the league if they really wanted to run the ball. Yeah. I don't they know what the to it. Like, he gets too cute over here, trying to throw all these passes to these receivers who haven't proven anything. Aaron exactly. Rodgers complaining. It's just not a good. It's just not a good formula to win the game. Yeah. You have two. Pro Bowl caliber running backs. I don't know about AJ Dillon yet, but Aaron Jones is a Pro Bowl caliber running back. Just feed him the ball. Yeah, you saw what happened when they yeah. fed him the ball last week. He he made great plays getting out on the yeah, edge. Like he's like that one spin roll where Aaron Jones got to that touch. Yeah, that was like that's classic. That's yeah. classic Packers. They need to do that more often. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, as for my Commanders, uh, on a little two game heater right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Heineke, uh, he, he really brings I've been, a, saying, I've been <laughs> saying Heineke was a franchise quarterback. He really brings a... Trey was trying to get rid of him so bad after last year. He's too small. He's too bad. He literally threw the ball with his eyes closed to win the game, bro. He's got that dog in him. He does have never, that dog in him. He's a gamer. Never, you would never expect it from an undraft. I've seen this before. Tony Romo was an undrafted uh, free agent, bro. And I'm telling right. you right now... If, you got, if the Washington Commanders want to be relevant for any time coming up, you start Heineke because he can win you games. I think he's definitely going to start the rest of the season. Oh, for sure. Apparently, the pressure rate last week was the most we've ever had, but he took one sack only. And his ability to just have pocket presence, which Carson Wentz has none, um, I think changes the whole game. Um, obviously, Terry was very happy to have Taylor Heineke starting. 
because just that vibe around the team was much better. They just look like they're having a lot of fun, and he I feel like the guys G-Pack. play for him. Yeah, he he's a guy's guy. Like, I feel like that makes a huge difference. Like, we've seen it with Jimmy G um, and a lot of quarterbacks who aren't, like, extremely talented, but they are loved by the team, and you saw it with the commanders. Um, I thought the defense played really well, even though they didn't get any sacks. They really affected Rodgers. Um, he was trying to get the ball very, very quickly. And um, he, his receivers. Washed? Are you going to say he's washed yet? I, mean, I don't think he's washed. I get him a receiver. Get I, him a Brandon Cooks. Remember it, like, 2015, 2016, he still threw for like under 3,000 yards. Like, no one was talking shit like that, too. I, mean, I just think. I don't he's know, always man. been like that. He's always he is, been like that. Yeah. He's getting up there in age. I just think his. Um, just like Brady. If you as you get older, you start to need a, more weapons. Like we saw Brady that last year in New England. Yeah, no, he was struggling. No, I think he actually fell off the cliff though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, now he know, actually yeah. fell off because he has the receivers still, and he has a great running back in Fournette. But I feel like you need to have a little more help as you get older, and he just doesn't have that right now. And obviously, it's on him too because he doesn't trust these receivers, and he didn't go out of his way to go to OTAs and stuff and work with these guys. Unlike Brady, who did that during that COVID year. He was getting in trouble with the Tampa Bay police because he was, like, illegally going to, like, high schools and stuff and uh, holding workouts. So you have to make – if you don't have those that connection with the receivers, it's also on you to make those relationships, try to get that chemistry because these guys are all young. You can't expect them to step up in a matter of, like, a week. They're not it's, – it, that's just not how it works. You need to develop them, and I just don't think he has the patience, and that, that's, that's his fault, so – as a leader, he hasn't done a great job at all this season. I'll agree with that, but I don't think he's washed. All right, well, that's where we agree to disagree. Moving on now to the next game we got to talk about, uh, the America's Game of the Week in Santa Clara, California. We got Patrick Mahomes coming off a loss um, last week to the Bills in heartbreaking fashion. And the Chiefs, I always say, the last team you want to play in the NFL is a, good, a great team coming off a bad loss, bro, because – they are capable of blowing any team out the water, and we saw it. That number one ranked 49ers defense stood no chance at all. Juju Smith-Schuster looked like rookie season Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Travis Kelsey, I think he did okay. Um, he didn't have a great game, but, I mean, the Chiefs' offense was just rolling through the 49ers. Like, it was – like, they were playing the Detroit Lions. That's why I expected the Cowboys to do to the Lions. Um, the Chiefs did that to the number one defense. That's why I think the Chiefs – can win the AFC. It's literally it's gonna be a collision course with the Bills, one thousand percent. And we saw, I mean, the 49ers didn't have a particularly bad game. They just ran into a very motivated and energized Chiefs team. Um, Jimmy G had a terrible pick. Yeah, that, the, changed, the the, that changed the game. And the red zone, you can't be throwing that ball there. Um, otherwise, he played decently well. Mm-hmm. Um, safety. Yeah, the safety. Yeah, the safety. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't expect Trent, yeah. Trent to get beat like Trent that. Trent got ran through like that. And then, I mean, the 49ers are a good team. I think they'll bounce back. They're three and four right now. But the addition of Christian McCaffrey to this backfield. I, yeah, Debo is out for this week, so Debo's going to be gone for this week. Um, we know what Sean McVay But, yeah, we know Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan's track record, bro. Seven, of the, seven straight regular season wins against Sean McVay. So, I think, uh, yeah, the, the NFC West is going to be a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit disappointing compared to what we expected to see. Um, I would say the 49ers, if they can get Christian McCaffrey acclimated to this offense, they're going to be doing I've seen – I saw that lineup – you had Trent Williams on one side, George Kittle um, blocking, and then you had Juszczyk right behind, right in front of Christian McCaffrey. You get that, you get that ball rolling, oh, man, it's going to be scary hours for any team in the NFL. Um, 
So I think the 49ers will be just fine. Just ran into a buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes did what he does. Did what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like, the Chiefs are the absolute last team you want to play coming off a bad loss. And um, Mahomes was just shredding that defense, bro. There was no answer for him at all. Um, that is the number one defense in the league. They're, like, number one in yards per play, which is a huge, huge stat. Um, and Mahomes absolutely shredded them. They ran it all over the field against them. I think that... The biggest play in the game was that third and, like, 21, they ran a screen to McKinnon, and he took it all the way to, to inside, like, the 10. That's when you knew, man. There was no stopping this team on this day. Like, Travis Kelsey, he had a good game, but it wasn't, like, a crazy Travis Kelsey game. He spread the ball around, got MVS behind the defense. I don't know what Traverius Ward was doing, bro. This man <laughs> was too pressed about playing his old team, and he got burnt a few times. Um, he's their best corner now with no Emmanuel Mosley for the rest of the season. Um Fred Warner was kind of disappeared in that game. They were just they completely took Nick Bosa out of the game. Yeah. Um, so it was a really bad performance by the San Francisco 49ers defense. I thought their offense played well enough to win. Obviously, Jimmy G, that turnover, you can't do that, bro. They had just flipped the momentum after Skymore fumbled or muffed the punt. And they could have gone in with, I think, what? Seven-point lead? Yeah, seven-point It was tied or something like that. 14-13. Yeah, 14-13. So they could have gone up eight and he threw a terrible pick in the red zone and then Mahomes drove it down and got a field goal Um, yeah that was a game right there um because you can't give that offense anything like you can't gift them a possession like that uh, especially in a game where Mahomes is just feeling it and I thought the defense stepped up for Kansas City um they made some good plays like at opportune times like that they they I think they had like four or five sacks Chris Jones was playing out of his mind um, Frank Clark obviously had that safety. So I think if that pass rush can step up, the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense has been pretty disappointing this year. Like they coming in there, everyone's saying they're going to be improved and stuff. Um, but I think their best recipe for success is getting pressure on the quarterback because um, they do have some really good pass rushers. I think with Dunlap, uh, Frank Clark, Carl Loftus, and Chris Jones. So if they stick to that, um, obviously it's a collision course. Suspended two games. Huh? Oh yeah, he suspended two games. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, I, it's not gonna hurt them in the long run. Um, but yeah, this is a collision course. AFC Championship, Chiefs Bills again. Uh, it's just a matter of where it's gonna be, honestly. And uh, I think whoever gets that number one seed is gonna win the AFC. Yeah. So we'll see what happens moving yeah. forward. But that Week Seven matchup between the Bills and Chiefs probably might have decided the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 49ers though, I think they'll be straight. They just got to get healthy. I know that's – we've been saying that for probably the whole season. Past uh, two, three years. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Something or the other goes on. Now Debo's hurt. So, I think they're, they're going to really involve McCaffrey this week now that Debo's out. Um, and, obviously, the the Rams don't have much film on what the uh, the 49ers are going to do with McCaffrey. So, I think Shanahan's going to have something lined up. And, um, yeah, I think they'll be fine. I know the record's not too pretty, but I believe in this team. I think it's the NFC West. Is, is I didn't know the Seahawks would be a part of it, but I think it's going to be the 49ers and Rams once again coming down to the wire. I think the Rams are going to. Uh, I think the Rams are going to figure it out and get back on top. Moving on now to my no, I'm joking. The Los Angeles Chargers um, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Another team at NFC West. They this is a disgusting performance, bro. Um, absolutely disgusted, honestly. This Chargers defense was so much hype coming into the season. Um, the addition of Cleo Mack, the addition of J.C. Jackson, who Chargers just lost for the entire season. I believe it was a ACL, or was uh, it? It was a uh, 
dislocated kneecap and a ruptured yeah, tendon. Um, yeah, so he's going to be out for the whole season, and I think this Chargers team is done for. Uh, this, the defense is absolutely horrific. You yeah. bring in Brandon Staley two years ago to shore up this defense, to transform this defense into um, something that you just don't want to play against every week. And it seems like every single week the Chargers are getting burnt on something. Another week with a 50-yard run. Is that correct? I think that's like six, six or seven straight weeks. Six or seven straight weeks in a row where the defense has allowed a huge play. Um, it's just absolutely horrific. Uh, the defense is so overrated. Brandon Staley, I, I don't know how you call yourself a defensive coach and allow this to happen week in and week out. You're getting cooked every single week. Um, it's just not looking good for the Chargers. I know they're still 4-3. and three. But the wins that they've been getting are just so ugly, bro. And the offense that I expected so much out of, Justin Herbert has been a little disappointing this season. Um, Keenan Allen is still battling that hamstring injury. And we all know how hamstring injuries. Khalil Mack is... He's six sacks. He's six sacks. But if he's just... Yeah. on the other side with no Bosa. And then, like, there's talent there. There's definitely talent. Like, you have Derwin James... Um, Asante Samuel Jr. who just they have names to drop picks. They got names. Yeah, they got names for days, but they just can't get. They I don't know. They just coaching. can't make plays. Coaching. The coaching uh, yeah, I think it's Bra- gotta be coaching. Yeah, I th- well, me and Shrey have been calling for Brandon Staley's job for I don't know the past the whole after the after the Raiders debacle last year and the Texans game they lost last mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah, it's been bad. The offense, I feel like the ch- the Chargers offense just goes yeah, in and out. Last year's yeah, they had yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, the Chargers have just offensively, I expected them to be averaging the number one offense in the league, honestly. I expected them to put up 30 points a game with the weapons they have. Austin Eckler seems like his stats are inflated, but let's be completely honest here. You can say all you want. If you have him in fantasy, that's great for you. But if you're watching the game, it's Justin Herbert. Literally, if his receivers aren't open, you know exactly where he's going to. He's throwing Eckler, and Eckler can probably get five or six yards. Loves that swing route. Yeah, Eckler loves that swing route, and Herbert loves throwing it to him. Um, I, the, I just think that. Yeah, and I think the Chargers just need a receiver who can, a possession receiver. Nah, they have possession receivers. They have, yeah, they, have they do. Keenan. Yeah, they have Keenan. Like Palmer is a possession receiver. That's like yeah, his potential. Out. And then obviously Mike Williams is a deep threat, but he's not fast. He's gonna get jump balls, and none of their receivers are fast. That's the problem. Nobody. And, can and if you if you looked at the stats this year, Justin Herbert has thrown. Um, I think it was like towards the bottom of least amount of like passes attempted over 20 yards this year, which is something what you would never expect out of Justin Herbert, who was one of the best deep passers coming into the season. And um, I think Brandon Staley needs to go. Um, I think they'll give him to the end of this year. But honestly, the way that things are going with the AFC West, um, I think the Chiefs are going to run away with this division. And in terms of the wild card spots, there's too many good teams, and I think the Chargers are just going to narrowly miss out. And that's that goes my Super Bowl AFC pick because, I mean, I'm absolutely disgusted with this team right now. So, yeah, Chargers, uh, bolt up, bolt down, bro, bolt down. Yeah, this team just baffles me. I just I ha- I hate watching them because their offense is just so remedial. It's a step above the Broncos. Yeah. Bro, they, all they run is curl routes. It's curl routes or Mike Williams going deep. There's nothing creative about it. Um, their run game, like you can't. I don't think you can like just Eckler can't be a workhorse. He's a little small. Like he's not gonna wear down a defense. He's and, like, they're using him like Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, yeah, bro. It's exactly. He's not a workhorse. He's not gonna be able to wear down a defense. So I think you gotta switch it up. Like I know Michelle isn't like the greatest back, but I think you gotta give him more carries. 
Um, and just take more deep shots. Like, just take three or four deep shots to Mike Williams. I don't care. He can make those catches. And I don't think Justin Herbert is going to throw them in a way that defense is going to pick them off all the time. So I, I just think they have to be a little more aggressive. It's a, it's a lot of just receivers turning, turning around. It, like, a lot of curl routes. Yeah. A lot of curls and comebacks. Like, it's very simple. I literally saw on a huge third down, one of the biggest third downs of the game last week, it, they literally ran curl flats, bro. Like, and uh, <laughs> he had to check it down to Eckler. Like, there's no, there's no variety to offense. Exactly. And um, as for the Seahawks, I mean, this is an amazing job by Pete Carroll right here. Um, hey, listen, I got to say, man, I disrespected Pete Carroll. Yeah, here. I nah, think he's, the narrative around Team 3 and Russ um, made us Russell disrespect. Wilson, bro, yeah. has... He's changed my entire perspective on the Seahawks franchise, bro. I used to think that the Seahawks franchise was the most dysfunctional franchise out there and was carried by Russell Wilson holding it by, the, by, a, by a thread. And ever since he left, Seahawks looked like they're on for brighter days, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not hearing anything about them having a terrible offensive line anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah, look at what happens when Russ isn't taking sacks like that. But, um, yeah, I mean... I think they could definitely challenge for a wild card spot, maybe even win the division the way this division's looking right now. I don't think that'll happen because of the 49ers. But the Seahawks have been a surprise, and I think you can definitely put Pete Carroll at the top of the list for uh, Coach of the Year along with Dayball. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, now, moving on um, to the NBA. It's time for Lakers talk. Lakers are 0-4 right now. I think last week we talked we were 0-2 after the Warriors and Clippers. Yep. But, no, before uh, Clippers. Before Clippers. It was 0-1. Yeah, they're 0-1. <laughs> Man, things have just gone downhill from here. LeBron James, his stat padding continues, bro. His quest for Kareem. His number one. He really wants to be Kareem's record. The Kareem Invitational. That's what our season this is. This is just embarrassing, man. This is just embarrassing. This is an NBA team. Shooting 8%. I don't even know what the, the stat. 20, 20, 21%. 21% from three-pointers in 2022, bro. It's bad. It's bad out there. Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook out there. Um, I mean, he sat out last game against Denver, and they still ended up losing. I think Denver is just a better team. But, man, the Lakers, bro. I, people were telling me coming into this year, at least be a playing team. Or not playing Eight seeds, seven seeds, bottom of the playoffs, but still make the playoffs. What I'm seeing right now is pathetic. And all I hear from Laker fans, we got to make this trade. We got to make this trade. We got to make this trade. Listen, that trade can help you, right? But at the same time, bro, this front office is terrible. You couldn't make this trade in the offseason? You're letting the season... Because right now, I think all the teams in the NBA know they have leverage over the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If the Lakers don't want to trade, they're going to ask for the house. They're going to ask for the house. I think, honestly, at this point... AD, every single game, he's getting banged up. I think he should be on the trade block, too. I don't care what Laker fans think. He should be on the trade block, too. And yeah, I think at this point, the only player you can really keep is LeBron because I don't think I think LeBron makes his own decisions. He, you can't trade LeBron James. Um, but Anthony Davis should be on the trade block. Russell Westbrook, whoever wants him, should take him. Um, I, don't think, I don't think having him is going to hurt the team. We saw it against Denver. The team is just garbage. Like, all around, top to bottom, the front office has completely ruined the season for the Lakers. Um, they might start out 0-8. They might start out 0-8, and I don't know what's going to happen to Laker Nation at that point. Maybe LeBron will just sit out this season so he doesn't get booed off the court when he breaks the record because, listen, it's a bad, bad look. If, like I said, if the Lakers are like 13-30, and 30, LeBron breaks the record in Staples, 
I expect Laker fans to boo him out of the arena. Because, listen, Kareem has done so much more for the Lakers than LeBron has, bro. LeBron got the bubble ring. And after that, a first-round exit, missed the playoffs. And he might miss the playoffs again this year. So I, I feel like at this point, LeBron is just using the Lakers as his little media device to work in L.A., produce all his shows, be in all these movies, be in all these commercials. But, man, this is, this is worse than expected from, Lake, from, from what people were talking about the Lakers. Shrey, what do you think? Yeah, man. As a Lakers fan, you come in with some ex- expectations, bro. And usually it's championship expectations. This year, I was just expecting them to make the play-in tournament. Not even win in the play-in seed, tournament. Just, I was expecting a 9 or 10 seed. And they haven't, they haven't even been able to meet that. Like, this is like an absolute colossal failure, bro. This is like an all-time failure from the front office. Um, I can't believe... And they extended Rob Palenka. Exactly, and they extended this doofus who does not know what he's doing. He clearly does not know what he's doing. I saw my, Magic Johnson actually in the podcast saying yeah. like, other people wanted this spot, so he was like, I'm not going to fight over it. Exactly. He, he ca- wanted to keep Luke Walton, and Magic oh, Johnson wanted to fire him, but he didn't have the... Uh, Magic Johnson found out, I don't have the power to do this. And I think a lot of it was due to Palinka and Jeannie Buss. And... It's just been, like, I, I have no words for how big of a failure this is. Um, they failed LeBron, honestly, at this point. Because, like, I know I have, I'm not, like, the, like, a LeBron fan or anything. But he's in year 20. Like, you got to have a good team around him. Like I was saying about Brady and Rodgers earlier. You, like, at this point in their careers, you got to have a good team around him that fits. This team just does not fit. LeBron has always worked with shooters. And nobody can shoot on this team. Right. Nobody. Right. No, come on, bro. This, they brought this man off the streets, bro. They didn't sign a single shooter in the offseason. The fact that Patrick Beverly is your best shooter career percentage-wise, that's just sad, bro. That is an absolute torrential failure from the I'm, – I'm so mad right now. I can't even – I just don't understand what were the Lakers doing this whole yeah. offseason, bro. We yeah, saw a five months. Exactly. Five months to do Lonnie so Walker is your mid-level exception, bro. Come on. He can't shoot either. Like, he's athletic. He's been – like, he's fine. But he doesn't fit what you're trying to do. You have Russ who can't hit water in the ocean. He's – like, he, he, he can't play. He can't – he does not fit. I don't know why they thought he would fit with this team. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you – Get a ball-dominant guy who can't shoot to play with LeBron and AD. Like, you got, like we saw a formula that worked with shooters. Danny Green, as much criticism he got. KCP, who is a fantastic shooter now. Um, <laughs> but he did really – he came through in the bubble for us. And that year, he did shoot really well. You got to keep guys around. Like, they're both two-way players. Caruso, bro, they – they let Caruso go when he was offering to take less money, bro, because they were being cheap. And they signed Tony Horton Tucker instead, who hadn't proved anything. This is the most valuable franchise in the NBA. Yeah. And you don't want to bring back a player who's willing to take a pay cut. Exactly. No you, if you are championship or bust, you got to be, be willing to spend that money. And he wasn't even asking for extra money. He, he, he heard the offer from the Bulls, went back to the Lakers, like, I'll take, I'll take uh, five to ten less million to stay and they said no bro like it makes no sense um straight what are your new expectations for the lakers now i i hope they can get like a 13th seed like 13th seed listen at this point if the lakers are starting out yeah might as well just take but they don't victor bro they can't get victor the the pelicans will get victor bro the pelicans have the pick 
and I'm not saying they should not trade it for AD or anything, but if you make that Miles Turner and Buddy Hill trade, you're just admitting you're a failure as a front office because this trade was on the table for a long. I feel like there's too just, much ego. In the just line. the yeah, there's too, too much. They think they can get more because they're the Lakers. You guys are not as good as you thought you were. You guys are not like. You're not the shit anymore, honestly. Yeah, the whole offseason, bro. This is the craziest thing. It's the like team, the whole the, yeah, exactly. To do something, and they didn't. I don't know why they thought it worked. They're lowering his trade value. There's more leverage against the Lakers. It just doesn't make any sense. There was no point in starting the season with Russ. He wasn't gonna change. And Darvin Ham talking this big talk, like, oh, like I'm, I'm gonna make Russ this defensive dog out here. Like, no. Like, yeah, he had some good steals against the Clippers, but that's the, Russ oh, can't be a role player. Oh, 11, and then that stupid shot he took. Oh, against Dave. Oh, against, my God. Like, why? Like, why? Two LeBron, for one while you were up, bro. Exactly. And LeBron and AD had just passed half court. No matter what, that ball has to be in LeBron or AD's hand. I don't care. AD, I, the back is definitely... Um, it's always something with him. Um, the back is definitely affecting him. But I, thought he's, I think he's played pretty well. I think uh, Jokic really took him to task, though, because, uh, yeah, Jokic just murdered him. Like, there was no there was no contest. But, yeah, this team is an absolute disappointment. Um, I have no real expectations for them. They're, they're, stuck, in, they're stuck in hell right now because they don't have their pick. They're terrible. They have no shooting. And no one's, no one's going to give them anything. Who are you going to trade? There's no asset, tradable assets besides AD on that team right now. And Russ, I guess, because he's an expiring contract, but... Is that Buddy Hill, Miles Turner deal even on the table anymore? Like, I don't even know. This team has no direction. They're bringing him off the bench tonight. Obviously, he does not like coming off the bench. So, we're going to find out about, uh, about another hurt. injury. He's going to get hurt from giving out too many high fives, bro. Yeah, like Kawhi didn't just come off the bench the other night. Exactly. It's um, ridiculous. I think the Lakers are going to be lucky to get 40 wins this year. Oh, it's, I'd say lucky to even get like 35, bro. Wow. The standards are very low in yeah. Laker Nation, but it's a it's a dark time to be a Lakers fan. Stop shooting threes. Now we gotta head over to another team that right across the street in the basement of what Stray calls. Los Angeles Clippers, man. I gotta talk about them real quick, bro. It's it's getting ridiculous at this point, bro. It's starting to get ridiculous. Kawhi Leonard plays the first game against the Lakers, comes off the bench, misses the next game the next night. So Paul George drops 40. They win the game against the Kings, I believe. Kawhi out here is load managing four games into the season, bro, when he missed the entire year with a partial ACL tear, bro. I don't understand it. The Clippers, they have so much talent. PG is also load managing. Kawhi is also load managing. This is like, it's bad. They had missed three starters last game. They lost. Um, it seems like the Clippers just don't care Two about the regular season. Two straight losses to OKC. Two straight losses to OKC, a team that's supposed to be tanking as well. Um, it's... It's, it's looking bad, man. And I'm not going to say, like, I know it's just a regular season, but the Clippers have never taken the, the, the regular season seriously ever since they Kawhi and PG. They don't have to be doing that. They haven't proved anything. They have not proven anything. PG and Kawhi, listen, if you guys want to build chemistry with these new pieces you added, John Wall's into the mix. I understand Luke Kennard and all of them have been there for a long time or have been there the past couple of seasons. But I feel like this team needs to play together. They, it's like we keep talking about the Brooklyn Nets didn't get to play together last year with Harden and all of them. The Clippers have, ne- have barely played together when I've seen the full healthy lineup. Um, it's like Ty Lue is out there coaching. 
it's like a developmental team at this point because they're just, they're just throwing players into the mix. And sometimes these players will hit and they're going to win some games. But at the same time, coming into the playoffs, you need that camaraderie. You need that chemistry. And the Clippers, I feel like, are just not – they just don't care. It's like the regular season really doesn't matter. Um, I understand it worked in Toronto, Kawhi, but that team was much deeper. And they were, they were a unit. They were a co- yeah, they were a whole cohesive unit who got to the Western Conference or Eastern Conference Finals without Kawhi. And now it's like, bro, I, I think at this point Kawhi is just – I know he loves basketball. He cares about basketball. But, like, bro, at some point you got to sacrifice – you're a little. I don't know how. I don't know how much pain you're in. This is kind of turning into the Spurs situation where he had that little bone bruise. Um, but yeah, I think the Clippers are playing him a little too cautious. You got to let him go he's out there. He's calling the shots though. That's the thing. Kawhi is low key, bro. He's talking behind the scenes. We don't even know what he says. But um, yeah, I think the Clippers. They need to figure it out sometime. You cannot have Kawhi Leonard playing limited minutes off the bench while also load managing. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't even make sense to me. I know you want to ease his way back into it. But at the same time, he's Kawhi Leonard, but I think he'll figure it out. And, um, yeah, just a little disappointing from my end. Yeah, uh, apparently uh, Skip Bayless, who has some ties with the Kawhi Leonard stuff, he said that the surgery didn't go, like, as well as possible. So apparently. Why, they, why are they saying it now? Why did they say it earlier I don't in the know. season? And then they're like, oh, that's why he's not sitting out. Why do you say it after he sits out? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, the Coming off the bench, like, it's fine, but this dude – he, I thought he was load managing, but he's missed a few games now with knee, some knee soreness. So I don't know if it's like they're just covering up as load management or something, but I don't know. Uh, losing to the OKC Thunder two times in a row, even with, the, with Kawhi out, not a good look so far. And this team has to play together. They have a lot of guys who... You know what's crazy, bro? We're talking about a guy who hasn't played in two years, like real basketball, like two years. Yeah. And he's playing every single game, bro. <laughs> exactly. And he also has had serious injuries, a lot of surgeries, Achilles, and he had a heel injury after that or before that. So, um, like, yeah, I feel like at some point there has to be some pressure on him to play a consistent um, amount of games because this is getting ridiculous now. Like, even when he wasn't hurt the past few years, he was load managing I just it's it's hard for a team to really play together with all the guys that they have who have been like second first options before in their career. It's hard to get continuity, and we don't know if this team is going to be together, um, like on a, like playing cohesively and together when playoff time comes around. Because we had teams like the Warriors who have played together for a long time, the Celtics who play together and don't load manage, who made the finals last year, and um, it's hard now. Like all these teams. There's a lot of talent in the NBA, so you have to be playing on your absolute A game to get far in this league, and I just don't know if you can do that. All these players are in and out of the lineup every, week, every game. Ben Simmons. All right. Ben Simmons. Now we got to move on. Out to Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference. We got to talk about Ben. 10, Ben Simmons, Ben under 10. I don't even know like, what to tell him at this point. Um, he airballed a layup last night. <laughs> That's all I got to say. He airballed a layup. Three of seven. Three of seven shooting. One of four from the People were really trying to say. I was one of those people who thought Ben Simmons would really transform this defense um, and the Brooklyn Nets on offense. He would be the playmaker, the primary playmaker. I didn't expect this, bro. I didn't expect Ben Ben Simmons to be this bad, bro. And defense, let's talk about his defense. Luka had 41, 14, and 11. I understand it's Luka, but you're also talking about you bringing Ben Simmons to guard people like Luka. And he's dropping 41 in point theory, triple double. He's like the perfect matchup for Luka. Yeah, in theory. 
Ben Simmons has not been the same ever since he passed up a dunk on Trey Young in the second round against the Sixers or against the Hawks. This is ridiculous. Um, you're having Kyrie out here begging him to shoot, bro. A Kyrie, a person who really, I mean, it's just, it's bad, bro. Brooklyn is a circus show right now. You have Steve Nash over here, like, coaching for his life, getting ejected, like, pretending like he cares. He's trying to light a fire in the team. Yeah, he's they trying, still lost. They he's still leave. lost. The team is it's so top-heavy. It's literally KD, Kyrie, or bust because I don't trust Ben Simmons to do anything on offense. Um, it's 4v5 in crunch time, honestly. When yeah. Ben Simmons is in the game, and like, you have a guy, like, it's not even like he, he can't shoot. He's afraid. He's still afraid. It's clear that he's still afraid. And it's crazy. This is the former number one overall pick. With all these expectations coming in, he hasn't improved since his rookie year, which is just so disappointing. Um, and this is just this is the Brooklyn Nets team is unfolding in front of our eyes. It's the, it's the Clippers out east. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I would say... At least the Clippers have a good coach. The Clippers do have a great coach. And they don't have, like, the, the personalities that the Nets <laughs> I'm thinking Steve Nash's job is on the line come trade deadline, bro. Because best player already asked for you to be fired, bro. Three, it's hard to come back from that and really yeah. push through. And three seasons in, bro. This is a circus. Um, like I'm telling you, the Knicks right now. I guarantee you, they're looking back on that summer and they are not Maybe regretting not. a single thing. Because uh, if the Knicks were in this situation, trust me, right now this would be a this would be a bad. <laughs> it would go down way way worse, bro. Yeah. It will go down way way worse. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I- Ben Simmons, I don't know why people thought this man could bounce back. I don't, like, I don't think he'll ever be the same player again because he has been a guy who has never been able to fight through adversity. We saw at LSU, he, when the team was bad, he checked out. He's not going to be the guy who, he's not a foxhole guy, as our guy Colin Coward says. He's not going to be the guy to pull you out of a hole and um, just fight through, like, like normal problems on a basketball court that that's just not what he does and i feel like you can't change that aspect of a person and now that he is not confident in his ability to go to the rack and shoot and make free throws it's really affecting his game like he doesn't even look at the basket i was watching some highlights of his sixer days like he was a completely different player a lot more aggressive going to the basket right now he's going to the basket to find a find a find someone to pass to He's not looking for the shot. Um, he's not even efficient anymore. He's, like, shooting, like, 14 of 29. Like, from a guy who only shoots inside the paint, that's pretty bad. And clearly not as aggressive. Can't even crack um, 10 points. And I don't want to hear this, oh, he's rusty, he hasn't played. Zion came back after a longer absence, and he's completely fine. Um, he's playing the same way he played before. John Wall. John Wall. So I don't want to hear that rusty talk. Um, they're playing four on five, basically, and this is not a good roster, and he's not going to be able to save the defense on his own, but he has to step up, and he really has to step up for this team to have a chance because right now it's just two one-on-one players um, making tough shots. There are no really easy buckets outside of KD just shooting over people, and that's hard on a guy who's 30, about to turn 35, I think. So, um, yeah, he needs to step up because uh, this is this is just ridiculous, man. I, the people who have all these excuses for this dude, stop giving this man a break, bro. It's ridiculous. Listen, How does a guy? Listen, he's that, a number one pick. The mental he has health to, stuff, bro. Like, listen, that it's over now. It's, Once it's you're on been, the court, it's over. It's dude. It's you think Kobe would allow this to happen, bro? There's mm-hmm. no chance, man. 
And you have guys who are like defending you to the core on your team, and you're still not stepping up for them, which is he has all the support in the world, bro. There's yeah. not a single player on the on the Nets who are like pushing to do what he's out of his comfort zone, bro. He's literally there to score layups, play defense, and he can't do that. It's yeah, just, it's just like it's bad. If he's not gonna give you that, then he is he's he's a broken offensive player right now, and the Nets have no chance in the East. No, no chance. chance. I think I think we're seeing a collision course in the East. Milwaukee, Boston. I think that's gonna happen. Philadelphia, absolute disappointment, bro. Um, I will say, Doc Rivers needs to go, bro. He needs to go. Yeah. It's been what three, four years now, and we haven't seen a single besides the Kawhi. I think that Kawhi shot that bounced off the rim really just changed the trajectory yeah. of NBA history, bro. <laughs> I know. So many things changed after that. And this team doesn't look well coached. They don't really run any creative sets or anything. It's a lot of one-on-ones. And it's sometimes really hard to watch them on offense. And obviously defensively, this team is so lazy. Why aren't you playing Thibault, bro? If you're struggling on defense, he is the guy. Who, he is a hustle guy. Like, you have Melton out there who's trying out, There's trying so Tucker. But your stars aren't giving the effort they need to on defense. And um, I think your coach has to be able to challenge them. And your coach has had the propensity to fold in the playoffs. Um, I think his he's just, like, not a top-tier coach anymore, in my opinion. Um, he's been outcoached many times by coaches you would think that are not as good as him, don't have the resume as him. He relies on the stars way too yeah, much. Yeah, he really does rely on the stars way too much. And um, I think they need to change that coach soon because uh, this is looking rough. This is not the team we expected. I feel like they have a really good roster now. They have depth with Harrell and uh, Melton and now P.J. Tucker and Daniel House is decent. Um, I, I just feel like you need – you can't be so rigid as a coach. You have to start playing your young guys too, like Thibel, who is a defensive specialist. I know he's not going to give you much on offense, but they have so much talent on offense. I don't think you need – like you just need him to cut and make timely threes, and I think he can do that. You've got to give him a chance because he was all defense second team, bro. Like he is really good. Um, and Doc refuses, and I feel like his rigidity has um, cost him a lot um, throughout his career, and uh, I, this could turn into a real mess for uh, Philly. I expect a fire sale from Philly coming up if they, don't, if they do bad in this playoffs coming up the ne- uh, next offseason. Um, but, yeah, with all that being said, that's going to wrap up our show for this week, live from Austin, Texas, yes, reporting me and Sheree. Thank you guys for listening, bro. It was nice to finally do this in person. It's a bit chilly out here, so we're going to